1: to disney deciphered a podcast helping you save money time and stress as you plan your disney vacation we rank all the a la carte lightning lane attractions find old episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, apple Podcasts, google play stitcher spotify or anywhere you find podcasts and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review if you'd like to support the podcast check us out on patreon.com slash disney deciphered for bonus content or use me as your travel agent at no cost to you get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net if you'd like to connect with the podcast email us disneydeciphered at gmail.com check us out on twitter at ww deciphered facebook disney deciphered or connect with our new instagram account disney deciphered thanks and enjoy the show i'm joe from as joe flies
0: and i'm leslie from trips with tykes
1: and welcome back to disney deciphered so i am on my way to disney world if you'd like to follow along with my upcoming trip to the parks you can follow the podcast on twitter at ww deciphered or you can also follow we started a new instagram account disney deciphered on instagram so check us out there we'll be posting from my trip Leslie and I, before we get to actually play with Genie Plus ourselves, thought we would have a little bit of fun and rank the individual lightning lane, the individual Mm -hmm. attraction selection attractions that there are at Disney World. There are eight of them and we're going to each rank them in order from, you know, the one that we would be least likely to spend money on to the one that would be most likely to spend money on now before we get to that it may end up uh resulting in a little bit of spoilers but leslie which of these eight rides do you think are going to you know move away from being paid individual lightning lane the fastest let's pick three that we think could be on the chopping block
0: Ooh, the first choice for me is space mountain and i feel like it's telling that is not one of the paid lightning lane attractions at disneyland in fact disneyland only has one in disneyland park and they could have made space the second and they didn't so i feel like it's teetering already at walt disney world being the second attraction at magic kingdom what do you think
1: Yeah, I think space is probably what I would put as the betting favorite for uh, the first attraction to move away from being individual lightning lane. Uh, Just a quick reminder, like Brooke told us in episode 193, the way to think about it is lightning lane is how you're physically going to walk into the ride. But uh, individual attraction selection or basically this a la carte is how you're going to pay to get into that line. Um, And these eight attractions, you cannot get into the lightning lane via genie plus which genie plus again you're gonna have to listen to these genie plus episodes that we're putting out but genie plus you pay the 15 dollars at disney world and that gives you access to landing lanes for a bunch of attractions but not for these eight so i agree with you that space is probably the front runner for what's going to get cut first i think if i had to round it out with like three that have a chance of losing their uh, individual attraction selection status, their a la carte status. I think the other two I would put on there are Remy's and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. I'm not sure how quickly that would happen, but at Hollywood Studios, it just feels like it's inevitable that Slinky Dog's going to end up being uh, one of these individual lightning lanes. And then Remy's, I think it's on there right now because it's a new attraction, but eventually it's going to run through enough people that I don't think they're going to need it.
0: It's interesting you didn't pick Everest because that would have been on my chop- chopping block just because it could be replaced with Kilimanjaro safaris. And I just don't think it's necessary. Like I never waited long to ride Expedition Everest before Genie and in the Fast Pass era, I often just walked on it. So we'll see about that one.
1: It just would feel so, I mean, these individual attraction selections already feel kind of messed up. But to me, it would just feel so messed up for them to make Kilimanjaro safaris. Uh, You know, you have to pay to get in the Lightning Lane. You know, that is the Animal Kingdom attraction. And I don't know. I I think it would be a real shame. So maybe it's just wishful thinking on my part. I almost would love to say that I would rather them see I would rather see them go to just one attraction at Animal Kingdom being, you know, this a la carte individual lightning lane uh, versus, you know, having a second one. But I guess we'll see. It could be wishful thinking.
0: I mean, it would be nice if they they moved to to fewer attractions, but that would be leaving money on the table, Joe. I don't think that's going to (laughs) happen.
1: Uh, Ah, man can dream. A man can dream. (laughs) All right, so let's get to the fun part and let's rank these from the lightning lane that we would be least likely to pay a la carte for up to the one that we would be most likely to pay a la carte for. I'm guessing that you and I, Leslie, we have everything in the same general region, but we'll see uh, what is going to be worth it. And as every time we name a new attraction Uh, we will also share with you the prices that we've been seeing Uh, of course it's not guaranteed it's going to stay this way but the prices that we've been seeing in these first few weeks of genie and genie plus all right leslie kick us off what is the attraction that you're least likely to pay for lightning lane for what is uh, your number eight
0: All right, my number eight, I just gave away. It's Expedition Everest because, I mean, I love the attraction. It's actually one of my favorite rides at Walt Disney World. But I just don't think... You need to pay the money to ride that attraction. I mean, the single rider line is always very short for the, you know, the vast majority of the time, except for on like the busiest crowd days. And it's pretty easy to get onto that attraction, even as a group, as long as you're fairly early in the morning. And I'm not talking rope drop, but I'm talking like first hour or two at least, because it's so far back in the park in Animal Kingdom that a lot of people just don't make their way there. They're heading to Pandora. So I just don't think it's necessary to pay for it to get a short wait what do you think jeff
1: yeah i mean on top of that even like later in the afternoon a lot of people who want to ride have already ridden it so everest is definitely it's not an attraction i see myself needing to pay lightning lane for they've been charging seven dollars for it but leslie you've been looking on the app and it just seems like you can like get one like five minutes later which means it's not been in high demand right
0: Yeah, that's right. And it is the cheapest. This is the cheapest of all the individual lightning lanes. So I suppose if Disney has priced priced this based on supply and demand, then they value it the least as well.
1: Yeah. Everest is not my number eight. It's actually my number seven. My eighth place, uh, the attraction that I feel like I would be least likely to spend for is Space Mountain, which at Off-peak times has been as cheap as $7. It's gone as high as $9. Now, I totally agree with you that I probably will never – Pay individual attraction selection to ride on Expedition Everest. However, I put Space Mountain last and Everest second to last because Space Mountain, it's just not as fun of a ride for me. I'm too old to be just jostled around in the dark. And so, unless we're talking about like the Christmas overlay or something like that, like I am good with Space Mountain. I'm not going to go out of my way to ride it. Plus, everything we said about Everest sort of holds for Space Mountain as well. I think the tricky thing with Space Mountain is you can't see the queue because it's like all inside the building but it's definitely something that you can ride standby if you want to and there's going to be no scenario i can see where i want to ride space mountain so badly that i would pay for it whereas with everest maybe i want to like you know uh, torture one of my kids and I, I would pay 14 to do that so that's why i had space mountain last in everest second
0: that's interesting because I had space as my number seven. So we just switched out those bottom two spots. And, and I laughed, Joe, to hear you say that you think Space Mountain jostles you around. I need to get you out to California and have you ride Matterhorn because that one's going to have you in traction if space bothers you. So <laughs> can you yeah. see,
1: though? Can you can you see? That, that's the question. Like...
0: Well, you can, but like, you, can, it depends on where you are, but you can't see, the, I mean, it's not in the dark, but the ride goes along these weird curves that you your body's not expecting because they don't make sense from a physics perspective. So you really aren't still prepared, even though you can see the track coming ahead. You're like, why did it just do that? And that really hurts my back. So <laughs> space is nothing. Disneyland people know what I mean.
1: All right. I, I hear that. That just makes me... Not too interested in the Matterhorn, but we'll see how it goes. You know, you got to try everything once. All right. What do you got coming in at number six? You know, maybe we're getting the stuff that we might actually pay for.
0: Yeah. The middle is I sort of jostled it all around. I put Remy's at six and I kind of have an asterisk next to that. I mean, I put it at six right now because I'm pretty good at getting virtual queues after all my experience with web slingers and rise of resistance at Disneyland. And I feel pretty confident that I can get a virtual queue spot for Remy's. I mean, I guess I would consider paying for it just to ride it twice in one day, especially for like my first trip back to Walt Disney world. Now that it's been open, like I might double up on a single day, but yeah, I don't see that paying for that time in and time out. And like you said, it may not continue to be one of the paid ones certainly once we get cosmic rewind i think that'll be the the replacement
1: yeah i think it's pretty much a lock that whenever guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind comes online remy's is no longer going to be the individual lightning lane i had this one at six as well it's coming in at eight dollars at the cheapest and eleven dollars at the most expensive and i just feel the same way as you i should be able to get a virtual queue spot i hear the queue is very nice so it'd be you know remember if you get the virtual queue for remys you still are waiting 45 minutes maybe an hour but you know i think going through the queue once is going to be worth it and i also feel like Remy's is an attraction that eventually, maybe in a year, two years, definitely in three years, I'll be pretty much able to ride it whenever I want to. It's not going to be super crowded. So, you know, I can play the long game. Don't need to spend my individual attraction selection dollars on this right now. I also don't think any of my kids, like this middle section is where we start factoring in like how badly my kids might want to go on something badly enough that I might be willing to pay for it just to you know keep them from complaining. But I think uh, Remy's is not going to be as popular with them. My daughter didn't love it when we were at Disneyland Paris. So that's kind of where I am with that. So I have Remy's at six as well.
0: That's really interesting. And I would add too, I mean, I think I'm less likely to pay for it just because it's in Epcot. And I take Epcot at a slower pace. It isn't the forced march of happiness and a bunch of rides. I mean, it's much more about the food and, you know, just sort of seeing the sights and the hearing the sounds. So it doesn't feel like I have to, you know, dash through a bunch of rides and only have a few minute wait in the lightning lane for that.
1: Agreed. All right. What do you have at number five? I think my five might end up being controversial, so you should go first.
0: Ooh, okay. I have Frozen at number five. Great ride, but I've done it a lot of times. It's sort of tried and true at this point. (laughs) It's funny. It used to be that was new. I remember when that was new. I sort of feel like I could rope drop it if I really wanted to ride it. I could do it late at night. That's often a good time to ride Frozen. It'll still have a crazy long posted wait time, but it really isn't that long. So yeah, I just feel like it's not one that I necessarily have to pay money for. And it's getting into the pricier end. It's $9 on the low end and $11 on the higher end. So that puts it solidly as the fourth most expensive of the eight.
1: Yeah, I had Frozen coming in at number four. And the reason why I edged out my number five is just because I currently have a Frozen obsessed four-year-old. So there's definitely a chance that I would spend $22 just to like ride it with her or have her and her mom ride it. So, you know, I had frozen at number four this like i said in this middle section this is definitely the section where i might end up paying if the circumstances dictate but at number five you know and i really don't know i have trouble foreseeing a situation where i'm gonna pay for this is seven dwarfs mine train uh it's a lot of fun it's a great attraction but you know i've never thought it ever justified like the standby lines that it has before genie plus and all that I would ride it if I could get a fast pass for it, but I would never wait and stand by for it. And I I never even, even when I rope drop Magic Kingdom, I would never rush there. I would do a bunch of other attractions, especially with my younger kids. Uh, you can do a ton of other attractions instead of going to Seven Dwarfs Mind Train. Like if you don't get the very front of the line, you might end up having to wait like 20, 30 minutes. So Seven Dwarfs Mind Train has never been worth the extra effort for me. So I don't think it's going to be worth the extra money for me either. Uh, maybe as my kids get more into roller coasters, it'll move its way up the list. But Frozen is number four for me because I have a kid who's obsessed with Frozen right now. None of my kids are obsessed with roller coasters. So I don't think I'm going to be paying for that. So that's why it came in at five for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely a little bit of a controversial choice, but it makes sense for your family situation and, you know, ride preferences and age of your kids. So it's it's higher up my list. So I'll wait till we get there for uh, for me.
1: Are you serious? It's not even number four. It's only two and a half minutes long or something, Leslie. Jeez. <laughs> not worth the money. Like, I mean, all these attractions are that long. My favorite part of Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is the interlude section in the middle, like the slow part. Like, that's my favorite part of Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I love the thrills, but that one doesn't do it for me thrill-wise, but I love that middle section. So shout out to uh, the dwarfs mining their gems. All right, so what do you have at number four if it's not Seven Dwarfs Mine Train?
0: All right. I have Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway as number four. I mean, I think it's higher on my list because it's new and I haven't had a chance to do it. I haven't been to Disney World since it opened. So I haven't done it. And I have a feeling I will want to do it twice in a single day. Like I will want to rope drop it and want to do it at some other point in the day. And, you know, Hollywood Studios is weird right now with Genie Plus and, you know, how you're having to stack things in the afternoon. So I could see maybe making... An individual lightning lane reservation for that, maybe right before lunch, something like that. Just in terms of like sequencing my day, I could see paying for that making sense. And and we should say that that's that one's going to set you back a minimum of $8 and a maximum of $10 right now. So it's not that pricey.
1: Yeah, I forgot to mention Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is like running 10 to $12. So Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is coming in cheaper. And I agree. It is one of those attractions that I think rewards repeat viewings. Like supposedly, you know, there's the A storyline, but then there's also a B storyline and a C storyline that you can look for. I can totally see wanting to ride that multiple times and maybe using an individual lightning lane for that. I have this ranked at number three for... My family and me just because I think, you know, there's definitely a chance that I would want to ride it and I just can't wait and stand by or I'm just feeling impatient or do it like this is probably the attraction that I would most think that I have a chance of making an impulse buy for. So uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is pretty high up there for me. So... I'm going to go ahead out on a limb and say Seven Dwarfs Mind Train is your third most likely to be bought individual lightning lane.
0: This is where it gets shocking, Joe. It's not. It's number two. Oh my gosh. What is number three (laughs) for you then? Uh, this is controversial. I'm going to put Rise of the Resistance at number three. I mean, I guess this is due to my individual circumstances. It's because I've been on it so many times at Disneyland at this point, And I can do it at any, po- at any point at Disneyland because I go there much more often. So it's just not as Disney World unique to me. That's why I put attractions that I can only do in Florida higher than Rise of the Resistance. And And plus, it's expensive. It's $15 every time, weekends and weekdays right now. And I think it's going to go higher than that at some point.
1: First of all, nobody likes a braggart, Leslie. I think I've told you that before. So (laughs) let's start there. Secondly, you know, I struggled for a while thinking about it, but I ended up putting Rise of the Resistance as my number two. It feels like if you are staying on site, you have a good chance of getting on Rise pretty quickly. If you get to Hollywood Studios early enough with the um, extra morning magic hour or whatever they're calling now. As I keep saying, I can't get this terminology right. So we're gonna early have to
0: theme that. park entry, I think
1: that that's not magical at all. Do better. No, designer. I yeah. know. So, so yeah, I, I had this as my number two. I mean, Rise's resistance is really great. And I guess the other thing is with rise, you go through the queue, but then there's like all these pre-shows in the middle. And so, you know, it feels like a much more well-rounded experience that, It doesn't feel like you're waiting as long. I know that the pre-shows don't start for a while after the queue, but I just don't think it's worth it. The other thing with Rise, the reason why I had it second is it just breaks down so much still that I I just don't want to pay and then like feel like I didn't get my money's worth because it broke down. I got to come back later, like screws up my entire touring plan. So I, I still think just some work needs to be done there. It's an amazing attraction, but it's too expensive.
0: Yeah. And from a strategy perspective, I mean, you're right, it does break down. So you're better off if you have that early theme park entry going ahead and getting on it first thing in the morning before it has a chance to break down. And then you have it marked off your list and it's smoother sailing for the rest of the day. So I think that that does make sense. I mean, I never would buy it for like a 7pm return time because I think that's just flirting with disaster. But yeah, I think if you're on property, you have a real advantage and that's worth getting up and getting very early to Hollywood Studios for.
1: Yeah, the other reminder we can make about early theme park entry for all of these attractions is when you go for early theme park entry and Hollywood Studios purportedly has been letting people in even earlier than 30 minutes. When you go for early theme park entry, you are not competing with people coming into the lightning lane. So the queue is just the standby queue. So it's actually, even if it looks long, it's going to move faster faster. As long as you get to ride the attraction before the lightning lane start, um, you know, you're going to move a lot faster than you would normally. All right. You cannot be that controversial. Seven Dwarfs My Train, that must be your number two, right?
0: Yes. Yes. It is my number two. So tell and, us your I mean, reasoning <laughs> why it's so high up. Yes. Well, I mean, because it is a Disney World attraction that I can't do over here in California. And my kids are getting older I and mean, may have the opposite problem of you. And they're more interested in doing roller coasters. I could see, you know, making that a priority or I could see them wanting to do it twice. So we early theme park entry it or rope drop it and then we pay for it again later in the day. So I just think it's a great little family coaster. And my son, as I've mentioned before, is not in love with roller coasters, but he's starting to get over the hump. Like we got him on Thunder Mountain on our last trip to Disneyland. So I think he's ready for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. So I think that's why I would pay for it just to kind of get him through the lightning lane (laughs) and get it over with as fast as possible before he has a chance to complain.
1: Yeah. I, I hear that. It makes sense. And who knows? In a couple of years, uh, we might be right there with you. All right. So that means that we both have the same number one flight of passage, uh, 11 to 14 dollars, but probably the attraction that we'd be most willing to spend on the individual attraction selection lightning lane for. So, Leslie, tell us why would you be willing to spend a la carte for Flight of Passage?
0: It's just still a great ride that I haven't gotten to do enough times to sort of scratch that itch. And, you know, also from a strategy perspective, Animal Kingdom is not my favorite park. I rarely spend more than a half day there. So I think I would want to get in... And, you know, maybe rope drop or early theme park entry for Navi River Journey and then have my lightning lane lined up for Flight of Passage or get it in a second time, rope drop it and then get it in a second time before I'm ready to leave for the day. So there's just a way for me to sort of knock out Animal Kingdom in my few hours that I want to spend there and then go on to the other parks that are my more favorite ones.
1: Yeah, I actually am planning to try this out myself on my trip. I have an Animal Kingdom day. But I plan to park hop in the afternoon, and so my goal is to try to rope drop Flight of Passage. But if I don't manage to rope drop it, then I will pay for the individual Lightning Lane access. And my goal is to like be done with all of Animal Kingdom by basically lunchtime, and then I'm gonna go to lunch wherever near wherever park I decide to park hop to, and then uh, you know saunter into that park at 2 p.m. Yeah, I think I definitely think Flight of Passage is the one that. I'm going to be most willing to pay for. Ultimately, maybe this is going to be different for you coming from the West Coast. I'm going to try to avoid paying for these as much as possible. Like, I don't really foresee myself paying for these at all. I really, for my family, I think it's going to be either I'm going to pay for it because I'm doing an experiment for this podcast or I'm going to pay for it because I have a kid who's whining too much. But I don't think, like, in a normal plan would I ever think to pay for this. Like we're planning to go as a family in February. And I, I don't, I just don't think I'm going to have any plans mm-hmm. to pay for any of these. Um, we're going to be there for a week. So I feel like with that amount of time, we should be able to do what we want to do while uh, avoiding this stuff.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. I think I'm most likely to pay for it as part of you know research for my blog and this podcast too. You know, I could see paying for it if I'm on a really short trip with my family, I mean, that's something that I often have to do or even a short trip myself because it's hard for me to squeeze in time away from the kids coming this far from the West Coast. So so I guess I could see paying for it in those circumstances. And then, I mean, some of them, if I don't plan to pay for them first thing in the morning, then I won't have a chance to pay for them. I mean, Rise of the Resistance is selling out usually about 9.30 most days, so if you don't plan to pay for it first thing in the morning, it's not like you can decide later in the afternoon, hey, I want to ride Rise and I want to pay for it because it's sold out. So some of these attractions just aren't available to you if you aren't planning way in advance. And so I guess that rules out the <laughs> the forking over money, which is probably not necessarily what disney wants like i think they probably want to have people be able to make impulse purchases and it wouldn't surprise me if they start allocating more space in the lightning lane to people who are paying you know taking some additional space away from standby i don't know famous last words
1: I mean, I think I'm definitely surprised so many people are paying for Rise. I don't think Disney minds it because I think it's creating this artificial demand and people are like, oh, I got to pay for Rise, you know, and I got to get it before 930. And so like, I think with Rise in particular, people, the demand is obviously real, but I think the speed at which the demand goes, the speed at which the individual lightning lanes sell out may be a bit of a psychological manipulation by Disney, which I'm sure they're fine with. You know, you wrote this note in here in our notes. How much would you pay for Rise? It doesn't sound like either of us would pay more than $15, nor do either of us even really want to pay $15 already. So I think that answers that question. But I would not be surprised to see this go up to $20 within the next year or so, if not more.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think other guests are willing to pay more money for it. So I hate to put that out there into the (laughs) atmosphere and because every time I say, oh, I'd be willing to pay like more money for this, Disney promptly increases the prices. So so Disney, I would not be willing to pay more money for this, (laughs) but I do think that they're going to raise the prices.
1: Yeah, they're definitely listening to this podcast. I mean, I'm sure it's like a number one on their playlist uh, on Apple Podcasts. All right. So uh, since we are going negative, let's end on one more negative note uh, before Disney do's and don'ts. All right. We already said that it would be pretty tragic if Kilimanjaro Safaris went to paid a la carte Lightning Lane. Let's uh, pick what attraction in the other three parks would uh, really break your heart if it went uh, individual attraction selection? I think we can both agree that Slinky Dog Dash would be pretty tragic at Hollywood Studios.
0: Yeah, but I think that's the most likely replacement (laughs) given how fast it's booking up with Genie Plus. So we'll see.
1: Don't worry, everyone. Disney is not listening. So it's not like we're giving them the ideas. They have the ideas already. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And then Epcot, uh, before... Gardens of the Galaxy, Cosmic Rewind, what would you not want to see go to individual lighting lane? Actually, I'm pretty happy with how Epcot is probably.
0: Yeah, I think I am too. I mean, I guess it might make me a little sad if Soren went to paid. I mean, I would never pay for that because that's also in California, but I, I do like riding that. That's just one of my very, very favorite attractions that I never miss.
1: Yeah, no one would ever pay for that. I don't think, yeah, very I think you're right. it, would, it would be like a space ever situation or maybe even less so because they run the three different theaters. So, yeah, yeah it I, probably
0: I, isn't isn't on the chopping block as a possibility. It would more likely be Test Track, I would think.
1: Yeah. And even with Test Track, I wouldn't be too broken up. I guess Frozen's always going to be a lock if they went from Remy's to Test Track. I would probably prefer it to be Remy's over Test Track. So I guess that would be the worst thing that could happen at Epcot. But, you know, nothing is. Too bad of an option there and then finishing out in magic kingdom which attraction do you not want to see go individual lightning lane access at magic kingdom this is a tricky Ooh,
0: one i have two that i don't want to see go individual lightning lane can i pick two uh, i'm going to i don't want to see peter pan go paid i think that could be possible because it is just still so popular classic attraction And I really don't want to see Jungle Cruise go paid. It's gotten new life. I mean, that's I've said that's one of my absolute favorite rides. My husband wants to be a Jungle Cruise skipper when he retires. That's going to be his retirement job. So, but it's been very popular. I mean, the movie kind of revived interest in it. And it so far has had some of the farthest out genie return times. Like, you know, the genie return times get pushed later and later into the day faster than any other ride in Magic Kingdom a lot of the time.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Peter Pan as well. I think I would chalk that up along with Kilimanjaro Safaris as like, it just seems messed up to ask us to pay for this. You know, these are classics uh, in those respective parks. So, you know, I would not want to see that go to uh, paid individual Lightning Lane. All right, well, that took a little longer than we expected, but, you know, all this stuff is new, so it is still very fun to talk about. Like I said, I will be in the parks doing some research on Genie Plus, so hope to have more soon. Before that, Leslie, and before we get out of here, do you have a Disney do or don't for us, individual attraction selection, Lightning Lane related?
0: That's a lot of words.
1: Never going to get used to saying that.
0: No, but my Disney do or don't is... For folks who are planning to buy Rise of the Resistance, Lightning Lane, don't book that first at 7 a.m. when you're setting up your day and everything sort of opens up to you. I mean, assuming you're staying on property and things open up to you at 7 a.m. If you're going to Hollywood Studios for the day, you should immediately be booking Slinky Dog Dash with Genie Plus first because that's what gets pushed way out into later in the day very, very quickly. You'll still have your pick of Rise of the Resistance times a couple of minutes later after you grab Slinky Dog. And it's it's quicker to grab a Genie Plus reservation than it is to book an individual lightning lane. So I think you should sequence it that way. And then of course, there's always the two phone trick, Joe. One adult in your party be booking Rise while the other is, is uh, booking Slinky Dog Dash. So I have a feeling that's going to be how you and I hack it when we go with our families, train our spouses and fastest fingers.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think... The other thing uh, we should note, which um, you alluded to, Leslie, is that when you're picking your individual attraction selections, these paid a la carte lightning lanes, you can pick whatever time you want. Whereas with the regular Genie Plus lightning lane access, you just get whatever the next time is. So if you get an early Slinky Dog time, after you tap into Slinky Dog, you can get another lightning lane and you can just keep going with Genie Plus and you can fit your Rise of the Resistance into a time that makes sense for you. So um, that's why I think that makes a lot of sense. All right, we would love to hear your opinions on what, individual lightning lanes are going to be most worth it to pay for let us know disney deciphered at gmail.com at www deciphered on twitter or on our facebook page disney deciphered if you'd like to follow along with my upcoming trip follow us instagram disney deciphered we'll be posting there and also on twitter as well thank you so much everyone for listening other than that leslie thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and i'll see you with two hands and two phones ready to get these lightning lanes done
0: thanks jeff